What's crack-a-lackin', my good people? You are listening to Season 1, Episode 15 of My Turf. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall. Coming to you live from Lower Alabama, as usual. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, email me at myturfpodcast at gmail.com for any constructive criticism, hate mail, and questions to be answered on the air. And remember, this episode brought to you by Marshall Media. So uh, it's great to be back with everyone. If you're a first-time listener, we kind of cover all things sports to start off with, and then we cover pro and college football in uh, two big segments. And then we kind of do an outro on stuff to look forward to uh, in sports this this weekend. So, uh, man, it's great to be back. A lot of stuff going on. Let's go ahead and kind of cover what's going on right now. UFC 274 was supposed to take place uh, on Saturday. It still will take place. But the lightweight championship, which is on the line, will not be on the line. Charles Oliveira, the reigning champion, um, has been stripped of his title for not making weight. That is the first time a UFC champion has never made weight. So he'll be stripped of his title. Uh, The challenger, Justin Gaethje, is the only one that can win it. So uh, if he wins the fight, it's still going to take place um, Saturday, 9 p.m. on pay-per-view ESPN+. Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje for the uh, lightweight title, but only Gaethje can win it. That should still be a great fight, though. You should definitely check it out. I can't believe he missed weight. It's pretty sad, but um, yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, try to make a comeback of it. Also going on, remember, we have the NBA playoffs. Okay, so we got news about the NBA playoffs. Joel Embiid has cleared concussion protocol. He's still doubtful for game three. But they need them. They need them in a bad way. Tobias Harris, James Harden, they are not getting it done against the Miami Heat. Uh, they're down 0-2. So maybe they can steal one tonight and get and beat back for game four and possibly make a run to get back to this series. But they need they need them bad, and they need to play better. Uh, 8.30 tonight. Mavericks, they haven't looked good. Luka's doing it all by himself. It's not enough. The Phoenix Suns are up 2-0. And you just got to kind of give credit to the, the Phoenix Suns. Look, they're the favorite for a reason. Look, they got Devin Booker and Chris Paul playing lights out. That game's tonight, 8.30 p.m. Central Time, following the Heat and 76ers game. NHL NHL Stanley Cup playoffs is still going on. My Bruins are down 0-2 to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. They're playing tonight at 6 p.m. on TNT. Uh, knotted up at 1, the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, 1-1. They'll, they'll face off tonight, uh, 6.30 p.m. Central Time on TBS. That's a great game, great matchup still. Uh, Minnesota Wild versus... The St. Louis Blues, they're tied up 1-1 in that series, 8.30 p.m. Central Time on TNT. And then 9 p.m. tonight, Central Time, Edmonton Oilers versus the L.A. Kings, 1-1 on TBS. So uh, that's what's going on right now for the NBA and NHL. Right now in the thick of things, two big matchups tonight for the NBA and four big matchups tonight for the NHL. Um, Some bad news, though, for a game that happened last night. It was a... Started off so well for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but uh, yeah, it's not looking good. Uh, their goalie, Casey DeSmith, will undergo poor muscle surgery, and he is out for the remainder of the playoffs, so that's that's tough, man. He was big and crucial uh, in their first um, game of the series where they won 4-3 to three in triple overtime over the Rangers, so they're going to miss him a lot. Um, man, that, that's uh, that's tough. That's tough because they, you know, their top goaltender was a uh, Tristan Jerry, and he was sidelined to begin the playoffs with a lower body injury. So they need something uh, to happen in that goal. Uh, they got to get somebody in there quick. Looks like they're going to have to turn to uh, their third man in the rotation, 
uh, Domingue. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. This is a crucial, um, can be a crucial game because they're tied up 1-1. So maybe they can, maybe they can hold on and get Jerry back in time for uh, some crucial games later on in the series. But that's what's going on in NHL and NBA news. Well, let's take a take a pause for the cause and let's go ahead and start with uh, college football. Uh, next segment here on my turf. And we're back here on my turf, season one, episode fifteen, titled. Happy Mother's Day. We will have a tribute to all the mothers in the last segment, so stay tuned. Let's talk some college football, though. Jordan Addison, the 2021 Fred Blitnikoff Award winner, top wide receiver in the nation, has entered the transfer portal out of the University of Pittsburgh. He is being linked to USC, but also working in L.A. with quarterback Bryce Young, throwing the ball and working on some stuff. So Bryce Young is from that area. Maybe he's interested in Alabama, but it looks like he's interested in LA in that market for the name and likeness money. His draft stock um, is pretty high right now. I don't know if it could get any higher. Maybe it can. Maybe he wants to be a top five pick, um, but he was already being mocked around the 10, around that 10 number. So kind of shocked by this news because I understand maybe you're concerned at the quarterback position because Kenny Pickett goes to the NFL, but they did bring in transfer, USC transfer, in fact, Keaton Slovis there. So I'm kind of shocked by it. His coach, Pat Narduzzi's a little thrown off by it. I understand it, man. Um, we're going to see what happens with Jordan Addison. A little disappointed because of the loyalty stuff, but at the end of the day, this young man has to do what's best for him. And if he goes to Alabama, I'll completely forgive him. So no no issue there if you do that, Jordan. Go to Alabama. All right, let's talk some more about the uh, the name and likeness issue and um, the transfer portal. Got a question from Ty out in Marietta, Georgia, asking what my thoughts are on it. Ty, we got to regulate it. There's no doubt about it. The integrity of the game could be in trouble. We've got to do something. I don't know what that is, but you've got to regulate this money. You've also got to keep boosters, making sure they're not involved in this. And um, as far as the transfer portal, we got to do. We got to fine tune some of this. They, these kids are leaving like that. I know my program has benefited from it, but still, we got to do something. People are going to do whatever it takes to win. So you sometimes have to be uh, the bigger person and help them out in that regard. So regulate it. That would be my answer, Ty. All right, let's talk some other stuff. Spring games are wrapped up. Oregon looked good. I want to say my top four again, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Utah, if you listen to the last episode. Those are my top four. USC looks really good. Um, they def- Defensively, they still got to fix that with Alex Grinch coming over from Oklahoma. Last year, that defense was a little suspect, so they got to fix that. Now we've got to also talk about another, another program out there, Oregon in the Pac-12. Bo Nix looked mighty comfortable in that new offense, loving it. Um, you know, he looked much more comfortable. It looked really good. Dan Lanning has that defense playing more physical, bringing over that Georgia swagger. So I'm really, really interested to see what Oregon does with Bo Nix and Dan Lanning's defensive mind out there in Oregon. Maybe takes them a couple of years, but look out for them. They've got some talent. They were not left with an empty shelf by Mario Cristobal without talent in any sense of the imagination. They have a lot of talent still there in Oregon. So those are what I'm looking at. You know, as far as the spring games wrapping up, now we have to focus our attention to the transfer portal, still in news, and talk some recruiting and where some programs are going to be looking. Let me talk about this 2023 uh, high school class. It's all about the quarterbacks. And the crown jewel, of course, is Arch Manning, the nephew of Eli and uh, Peyton. He is being rumored to go to Texas. I did have a question uh, from... Clay out of Mobile, who is an Alabama fan. Any chance Arch goes to Alabama? I think some things got some variables have to happen, of course. Um, 
just so many different variables. Texas seems to be the lead school, but he's not going to Texas if they're not winning games, not just because uh, they're losing games. It's also because I don't think Steve Sarkeesian, their head coach, who is a great offensive mind, has that long of a leash there after going 5-7. and seven. Georgia is his second school to be rumored. Let me say this about Georgia. Great program, great offensive skill players, have not put a top quarterback since Matthew Stafford into the league. Jake Fromm didn't do it. They've recruited very well at that position. They have recruited very well. They've got guys behind Stetson Bennett that they thought they were going to come in and probably already start, but he's gone with the walk-on. Can't, ar- can't argue with the results. They won a national championship. Maybe Arch's approach is, I can go in there after the walk-on and then beat all those guys if he beat them. And strong defense. i got great skill position players. I'd have my own legacy built there because it's been a long time since Georgia's had anybody where Alabama's had a revolving door of first-round picks from Tua, Mac, and, of course, you got to talk about Jalen, who was a second-round pick at least. Um, and right now, Bryce Young is rumored to be your first-round first round draft pick, and he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Or maybe he looks at it from that point of best best chances for me business-wise in protecting me, um, position skill players around me, and a great offensive line. Look what Alabama's doing. That's the sure, sure bet, and he goes with it. Who knows? Also in that class, though, a great quarterback out of Los Alamitos, California, Malachi Nelson, kid's got a rifle of an arm, great touch passing, great athlete as well. Watch out for him. He's committed to USC right now. Dante Moore out of Michigan. This kid's got an electric arm. Not to mention he's got great anticipation. When kids break out of the routes, this guy's putting it on them. Number four guy, he's committed to Tennessee. I love this kid. I was shocked that he went to Tennessee, but they're building maybe something special there in the right direction. I'm just not on board with it yet. Once the game starts playing, uh, start playing, maybe he changes his mind, but that's Nico. I'm a Leva. He is a a tremendous, tremendous talent. This kid, this kid can throw from any platform. Rolling to his left, rolling to his right, off his back foot. He's kind of got that Aaron Rodgers in him where he he just does not have to have his feet set to get a lot of crank on that ball. This kid watches film. He's 6'6", 205. He sees above the line. He's a tremendous talent. He's got a lot of swagger, too. Um, Number five, Eli Holstein. Zachary, Louisiana, he's being rumored right now. Crystal ball predictions are saying Alabama, but also Texas A&M is in there, and and, uh, Jimbo Fisher likes him a lot. This kid's kind of got that Josh Allen thing to him, and he throws on ropes. He's got a big-time arm. He's 6'4", 220, like I said, big, powerful kid. Watch out for him. Great, great class in 2023 to keep an eye on. So that's some recruiting tidbits for you. We'll keep going over some recruiting in the weeks to come because we got a a lot of time to kill before the uh, college football season starts. All right, let's take a pause for the cause. Pro football is next, segment three here on My Turf. Stay tuned. And we're back here on My Turf, segment three. Let's talk some NFL football. Man, we're still waiting to see what's happening with Baker Mayfield and Debo Samuel. Don't know what's going to happen with Baker. I had a question today from my boy out there in um, – Rancho Cucamongo, California. Harvey, thank you for all your questions always, Harvey. Um, yeah, Harvey, I don't know what Seattle is thinking because Harvey asked that I think Baker would go to Seattle. And I said, yeah, and then all of a sudden we look today, nah, nah, Seattle and Pete Carroll say no dice. And uh, I thought that would be a great fit for Baker. But it seems like they're more interested in getting DK Metcalf, his contract extension, and building around Drew Locke, or they're going to, you know, Basically, wait for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in next year's next year's NFL draft. We'll see what happens with that. But let me say this: Baker Mayfield is a very serviceable quarterback. They may still have he may still have to serve the Browns because we don't know if Deshaun Watson 
will be suspended. That is that is totally out there right now. We don't know if he will be suspended for four to six games, maybe two, three, whatever, or a whole season, or they may say time served because he didn't play at all last year with the sexual sexual allegations. So maybe Baker has to fill in for that time, and then they decide to trade him. We'll see what happens. He's owed $18 million, so that's something to keep an eye on in that salary cap for him. But the Cleveland Browns, they're poised and ready to make a run um, with or without Baker, I feel like. So we'll pay attention to that. Debo Samuel, of course, he wants to become the highest non-paid quarterback player, offensive player in the NFL. Let me say this. He's a great player, great hybrid. He can run and catch the football. He wants to take uh, less of a workload is, is the rumor. I like Debo. Great player. But let me say this, the 49ers, they need Debo more than Debo needs them because without him, yeah, they have George Kittle. He gets banged up throughout the year. Brandon Ayuk has not ascended completely into like a number one wide receiver. So, <coughs> excuse me, I, they need Debo Samuel, especially if they're going to go with Trey Lance at quarterback, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, Jimmy G would love to have Debo Samuel around. John Lynch, the GM, he seems like he wants to make this move happen. So does Kyle Shanahan, the head coach. Get the man paid because let me tell you something. Christian Kirk got $23 million, and he was never all pro. And to me, he wasn't even worth it. But for some reason, the, the Jags the Jags paid him, and other wide receivers are benefiting from it. He is definitely, uh, yeah, he definitely set the bar. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some other news. So right now, we've got the NFL draft over. It's a great NFL draft. Some some teams really benefited from it. We've got rookies now going into camp. So we'll see what happens, how many will develop. Hopefully some uh, nobody gets injured and we can see some bright futures develop before our eyes in season one. So that's what's going on right now in the NFL. Nothing else, really. Jerry Jones got into like a car uh, fender bender. The Washington uh, commanders almost wanted to call them the Admirals because it's such a lame name, have I brought back a uh, yeah a band to play during their game, so that's uh, I guess that's exciting, right? And uh, that's basically it. Um, we're right now we're just gonna wait for these the workouts to happen, the camps to open up, and hear more news about Debo Samuel and Baker Mayfield. There are probably some more trades on the horizon, and that's why I got a good question from uh, Greg. And let's see, where's Greg from? He is from Wetumpka, Alabama. Greg asking thoughts on the second year Q- QBs and who who ascends the most. He's asking that between Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Davis Mills. Let me say this, Greg. I think Zach Wilson could have the best numbers because he has the most talent with Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios in the slot. You, of course, have Elijah Moore. They drafted last year in the first round. And then this year at number 10, Garrett Wilson, the star wide receiver out of Ohio State. That's a plethora of talent. They also picked up Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end out of Ohio State in the third round. So they needed one of those. He's got some talent. He's got a second-year offensive coordinator, Michael LaFleur, who's got to prove himself. There's a lot, lot to prove here for Zach Wilson in his own right. That offensive line has to be healthy to give him enough time to do that. And, of course, the play calling has to be has to be better. Hopefully it all comes together. I don't think they win more games um, than the – than anybody else really in that division to where the team takes off. But I think they'll be solid. They'll probably win six or seven games would be the over-under I'd look at. But I think Zach Wilson will have the best numbers. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be okay. He's got Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne's coming back from injury, James Robinson to hand the ball off to. Got to get the offensive line a little bit more shirt up to protect him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got LaVisca Chenault, Christian Jones. I mean, it's we'll see what happens. New coach and Doug Peterson coming over, Urban Meyer, the, the dumpster fire is gone. I think he'll be okay, but – 
Davis Mills, he should be okay as well. There's some people that think that they're going to finish dead last. Lovey Smith is is their head coach now. They they uh, shirt up Brandon Cooks, re-signed him. They got Nico Collins, and of course, uh, you know they drafted um, John Mechie out of Alabama in the second round. So that should help them out a little bit. But I it's still not. I'm still not all the way in on Davis Mills. I would say he's the least likely to ascend, but I could be possibly wrong. They like him a lot. They do. I would say the other least likely is probably Trey Lance because I don't think he's going to beat out Jimmy Jimmy G for this job. Um, he's definitely not going to be ascend with Debo Samuel out of the mix. Kyle Shanahan is a great play make, play, a great play caller. I understand that, but I still feel like this is Jimmy G Jimmy G's offense. Another player I'm not really really high on too much of ascending is is uh, Justin Fields. I don't like the wide receiver core. They star El Mooney. They bring in Byron Pringle, who was like the third or fourth option out of the Kansas City Chiefs. They bring in Quantumus St. Brown, the fifth option, um, you know, out of the Green Bay Packers. They just didn't didn't do much to replace Allen Robinson as he left for the Los Angeles Rams. Just not loving it. When you think about it, Darmel Mooney, Byron Pringle, I like Cole Komet at tight end, and then Aquanimus St. Brown or your your wide receivers, that's not not that great. So Fields, he likes deep, he likes to throw the deep ball. He's a great athlete. I just not seeing it for this year for the Browns. But we can always be surprised, right? We always have to put that out there. Be careful saying that. Um, be, you know, not I'm not sold on Justin Fields completely, but I'm really not sold on the Bears yet either. So we'll see what happens. And I would say Mac Jones, he's probably going to have the best win-loss record. He's under Bill Belichick. It's rumored that he may actually call the plays after losing Josh McDaniel to become the head coach for the um, almost so Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. But Mac Jones, he adds Devontae Parker, gets a weapon there. He's got Keneal Harry still. Got his great tight ends, and my Keneal Harry may be on the move though. Just just remember that. But he's still got his great tight ends and Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry and Damian Harris who can tote the rock behind him. They made some uh, good decisions up front to replace Shaq Mason on that offensive line. Everything will be about Bill Belichick and getting that defense ready though, so they can play more ball control with Mac Jones. But that's where I would say Mac Jones has the most wins. Zach Wilson should have the best numbers based on their talent, based on the talent around them. Still asking a lot though. That's what that's what I'm going with. All right, that's going to do it for this segment on the NFL. Let's take a pause for the calls, and uh, let's close this thing out. Season 1, Episode 15. Welcome back into the final segment of My Turf, Season 1, Episode 15. Happy Mother's Day. Before I get into my tribute, let's go ahead and cover some things to watch out for this weekend in sports. Also, breaking news, Joel Embiid will play tonight for the Philadelphia 76ers. That is huge. They need him more than ever. He is going to wear the mask. Also, remember, UFC 274, lightweight title. It's on the line only for Justin Gaethje. Charles Oliveira, after missing weight, the champ has been stripped of that title. He cannot win the title. So check that out on Saturday. Also, Saturday, it's the 148th running of the Kentucky Derby. How about that? Um, 5.57 Central Time on NBC. They'll have coverage starting at 2 p.m., though, because, of course, they'll have other races. Before that, I had actually had a question about this from Sean from Paducah, Kentucky, asking me who I thought the greatest racehorse of all time. Sean, you're from Kentucky. You know it's a it's Secretariat. I don't even know if there's really a close second. Maybe maybe Man of War and then third citation. If you pay attention uh, to horse racing, it's just they're so historic, those horses. Um, they were great. They were generational. Man of War in the early 20s and 30s. Then you had a citation in that 48 years, that gap, and then, of course, the secretary in 1973. 
great horse, man. He uh, greatest of all time, in my opinion. Uh, Sixteen and four overall, I think. I mean, I mean he beat um, the other horses in the Belmont for the last leg of the Triple Crown by thirty lengths, guys. Thirty lengths. He was moving like a machine. Check it. Check out that YouTube video. Secretary of Greatest of All Time. Also, great movie. My daughter and I enjoy it. Uh, it is on Disney. No grooming, though, in that movie because it's from 2010 with Diane Lane and John Malkovich. The movie Secretary on Disney. Check it out. Um, it's a great, great movie. Kind of for kids and adults. You can definitely enjoy that. So, also, some interesting tidbits about the Kentucky Derby. Besides the mint juleps and the hats, is the favorite will be Zandon. 3-1 to one favorite right now. Epic Center, 7-2. to two. The other favorite, Messier, who's being... Uh, rode by John Velasquez, three-time winner in the Kentucky Derby as a jockey, six-to-one favorite. Taba is being ridden by uh, jockey Money Mike Smith, baby, six-to-one. He's uh, he's really good. Uh, John Velasquez actually uh, rode Medina Spirit last year, who of course was disqualified for um, anabolic steroids. And trainer Bob Baffert, who's been suspended from it this year, but uh, yeah, let me say that John Velasquez, he's really really good. So check that out. Twenty horses are in it. Uh, I would say I still like uh, I still like Epic Center to win it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Epic Center. I think it sounds like a cool horse's name, and you know I'm going with Epic Center. I don't know what the nickname would be. You know how like Secretary's real name, like what they called him, was Big Red. So uh, or Citations was was uh, was Big Size. So what Epic? What do you think they call him? Epi? Sounds kind of weird, but how they come up with these names is is a um, yeah, it's pretty cool in itself. Pretty cool in itself. All right, let's talk about Mother's Day. Um, just want to say happy Mother's Day to my my own mother, my wife, who's the mother of my children. I've been so incredibly blessed. Happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law. Uh, such an inspiration, just like those two strong, independent women and, and just great hearts. Great hearts. Happy Happy Mother's Day to my sister-in-law, uh, my aunts, friends. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We love you. Uh, we could not... We could not survive without you. Definitely the rocks that we depend on for sure. Also, cool story. If you're single and uh, you're just wishing your, your mother a happy mother's there or some aunts, make sure you do that, by the way. Talk to your aunt. Sometimes they got a lot of money and leave money in their will for it. But um, if you're single, 13, day, 13 years ago, I just texted my wife. who She was dating somebody else that just said happy Mother's Day to the, uh, to the future mother of my children, which I got a good laugh out, but I definitely planted that seed in there if you were ever available. Um, you might have been the one that got away. So, just putting it out there. It worked out well in my favor. May can do the same for you. Alright, that's going to do it for Season 1, Episode 15, My Turf. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Email me, of course, at myturfpodcast at gmail.com. So, Season 1, Episode 15. Happy Mother's Day. That's a wrap. Have a good weekend, everybody.